Hey everybody, welcome to a throwback episode of Top 8 Magic. Brian David Marshall finally reunited with the Landsec, Michael J. Flores. It's a true story. Now, Landsec means you miss Laniel Deho. Oh wow, that is uh, such a better explanation than the thing I actually had. It's a much more reasonable explanation than what you actually have. So, I was on a boat for like a week, and I never got seasick, right? But upon returning to the land, <laughs> I got uh, like uh, vertigo-type symptoms, you know, not, not like the Sandman, not like the Sandman's Mystery Theater, not like Classic Preacher. Just like always feeling queasy for about a week. So is that like when you went through that phase where you played nothing but islands? And then you transitioned into this current phase where you play nothing but mountains? Was there a similarly landsick phase where you transitioned from the sea to the land? Um, wow, you're, you're real deep on this. I'm deep. I'm deep. I've, been, I've been thinking about this a lot. So, uh, I, let's just go with yes. Let's just go with yes. <laughs> so apparently there's no treatment for land sickness. Like the treatment is time. The only treatment is more land. And uh, and I was like, well, how long can it last? Like, I don't know, four years, seven years. No. Yeah, not even, I'm not even kidding. Uh, I feel bad for making fun of you now. No, I'm, I'm more or less okay now. Yeah, okay. So it wore off maybe about, I'm, I'm a little bad. Like not, I'm not bad. I was really bad before, but I'm like very livable right now. Uh, like I can do things. I can even go to the gym. I can go to work. If I'm sitting still or standing still, it gets bad. Could you also go to Friday Night Magic? I am. It's loud AF because we're at Friday Night Magic. So why is this a throwback episode? Because this is when we started doing Top Eight Magic many many years ago. Yeah. We would do a lot of our episodes at from neutral ground at a tournament. Yeah. And so, what are you going to be playing today at Friday Night Magic? I'm going to play the mono green deck that I played a lot last season. Like so, prior to Corset 2020. How many? Corset 2020 cards are in your deck? Uh, zero, because I don't own any. <laughs> so I bought four Chandra Spitfires to play in my red deck, but I'm, I'm just like uninspired by the red deck right now. Uh, the, the screen deck probably isn't very great. I, got, I think I won seven events with it last season, but um, I... It's, like, not updated with any of the new cards, and, like, everybody has a better mana engine than me at this point. Like, this deck used to have the best mana engine. <laughs> but, you know, like, fastness or whatever, but, like, oh, you, you play, like, Eight tap for G guys? How cute. I have 16, you know, like people are just playing like all their like risen reefs and all that kind of stuff. I literally don't have any basic lands that aren't a forest. That that seems that seems sad. Well I just don't have I I, I mean, here are my options. I could have played the mono red deck. So uh, full transparency to our delicious Canadian listeners. You and I played a few games, right? Yeah. Five or seven games before we started. You played the green deck, I played the mono red deck. I think I won one or two, and you won like the balance of the games. You won most of the games, I think. All, all the games where I got every forest out of my deck and put it into yeah. play was victorious for me. Yeah, so I think this deck is quite powerful. Um, I, I humbly think that I have a decent play edge against the Friday Night Magic crew here. I play here, I mean, I've been gone for a few weeks, but I play here almost every week. Um, so we're at Montessi, New York, which is one of the spots available for New Yorkers to play Friday Night Magic. Uh, Mike is playing Standard. I'm going to be playing Draft. It will be my first M20 Draft against non-bot opponents. Oh, wow, non-bots. Yeah. So I, I like this store. I play, like I said, I play here almost every week. Um, Where am I more likely to get a sixth pick Risen Reef? Against the bots or against the Friday Night Magic Draft? I, 
I fear that it's against the bots. Yeah. You know, I think people know that, that Risen Reef is uh, a card that they might want to have in their deck if they're in the appropriate colors. So I think they're probably going to take it. I, I mean, do you take that card at very high? Like, do you want to be in two colors on your first pick? I mean, what are those two colors? U and G. Me and G. That's right. You, how quickly did you put Risen Reef into your Momir Vig deck? Uh, you know, I don't think I've actually put it in yet, but I have Momir Vig with me in case I open a foil Risen Reef. Okay. Okay. Well. Or trade or buy a so foil. What, what do you think my record is going to be? So I, I did quite well with this deck, uh, you know, prior to Corset 2020. But like I said, like, I don't even have that five casting cost knight that everybody plays in their non-ramp decks. <laughs> Land-getting knight. Uh, let's see. How many rounds is it here normally? Four rounds? Three rounds only. Three rounds only. I think I think you are going to go two one. Yeah. If I go two zero, should I drop or should I fulfill your two? No, you have to. You have to. I have to. You have to prove me wrong. So in uh, in order to uh, honor Magic the Gathering podcast pioneer Chris Otwell, I have to play every round. Yes. Like, what if I start zero two? Do I have to play every round? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So we're going to be capturing some. Uh, moments of the tournament as we play. We will go outside for most of those. The, the volume will reduce itself to its normal top eight magic din. Uh, not not as bad as it is right now, but uh, we're going to play Friday Night Magic, see what happens, and uh, Mike and I will also catch up on some of the uh, activities going on around magic. Uh, if you haven't listened to the podcast I did with uh, Zvi about some of the new organized play changes, uh, when you're done with this, you might want to listen to that. But in the meantime, we'll be back with more Top 8 Magic. Okay. Our, Sounds our, is better. The, the acoustics of outside, I think, are a little better now. So what are we going to recap? So we didn't do any of the round by round. It was too loud. Yeah, all right. So and I, I was also in a corner. Yeah. And I couldn't get it. I was like, I had the spot in the corner where it's kind of sweet. Like, you can't move, and that's kind of annoying. But you also don't ever have to move for a round because everyone comes to you. Yeah. So I stayed there. So this is my night. Um, I I would I think I would have. Nice audio. Yeah, that's nice great. audio, Waverly and Gay. Okay. Um. So I think as a result of the games that you and I played, I audibled last minute to Mono Green. I was gonna play. What were you calling it last year's red last deck? Last year's yeah. Last year's model red. Yeah. So I played the mono green deck. Uh, first round I played against uh, a well-known new deck, Teamer Elementals. You know, okay. so, you know, Risen Reef and all the elemental accoutrement. How do you think that went? If you're just in the dark, last year's mono green deck, hot new deck, Teamer Elementals. Uh, Chandra Elementals. I, I think I like your chances here. I destroyed him 2-0. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, he had to read a lot of my cards. Uh, he did not. He wasn't playing Magic last year. Well, he didn't know about like what Chaos Wand does. That's. <laughs> I had to read Chaos Wand yeah. when we played. <laughs> well, like, you like made a play. I'm like, why are you not just like searching for Chaos Wand? And you're like, what is Chaos? Wand? I was like, I also don't even know what you're like. Well, don't you know I have a Chaos Wand in my sideboard? It's like Mike, you handed me your deck, yeah. and your sideboard is still in your bag. Okay. How do I know you have a freaking so, Chaos Wand? I locked him under Double Chaos Wand. And, uh, so describe the lock under Double Chaos Wand. So he was just playing Elementals, right? He had Chandra, three casting us Chandra, uh, like a pretty good Elemental, the one that's a 2-2 two, two for two that makes the element, Elementals big. Then he can also pump. What's that guy's name? Like Timbaland, we'll call him. Yeah. <laughs> Timbaland. 
Um, like that, like the three, two, one that gains life and puts plus one, plus one counters, the flying haste guy. So I got chaos wand out and his deck also has such cards as shock and lava coil. So I just tapped my chaos wand and kills his guys with his spells, which is very frustrating to play against. Um, if you've never played against this strategy, I have to say yeah. whoever in play design, like put chaos wand, like they have to be happy anytime, anytime you see someone locking their opponent with two chaos wands yeah that's going to be a victory for the play design team right yeah so um how was your first so you want you want to go through constructed and then we'll just talk about what you drafted yeah yeah, do, yeah you do all that. right second round i played against bant ramp um uh you know accelerated guys uh god external uketra um i mean it was like pretty like pretty much a last season deck also uh with you know Pizzata's climb. Um, he, I, I, I made maybe a mistake in game one. It's hard to tell. He had a climb and he put a plus one plus one counter on his incubation druid. And I played an Ugin. Like I had like a third turn, fourth turn Ugin, uh, which I thought might be fast enough. And I decided to make a guy with my Ugin. And I could have killed his climb. I could have killed his guy. That was it turned out to be a mistake. Yeah, I mean, not killing the climb was, seems like it's always no, going to be bad. I, I think not killing the guy because I, the incubation druid's already turned on by the climb. That's the problem. So he didn't have to invest the five mana to turn it on. Got it. So he just casts like tons of like big mana, giant crasses stuff. Uh, he won. He won game one. Um, I got a, a pretty good draw in game two. Like I'm on the play and. Um, he, he mulliganed actually all three games, so I think that probably contributed to it. Uh, and I, you know, say like your deck has like eight or twelve check lands and it's three colors. You know, sometimes your draw is not going to be not going to be fast. This foreshadows my limited experiences. So then game three was really exciting. Um, I I just like poured on the planeswalkers and uh, he actually time wiped me in game two and he time wipe we twice in game three he got three nissa lands the first time wipe and two nissa lands the second time wipe Oops. and i still <laughs> slaughtered him <laughs> so he had like so i had a spot at one point where i had i i overcommit my board he time wipes me then i untap play nissa and with my extra nissa mana play vivian reed so then i get like some guys out and then um he time wipes me again but I have a spot where I have, like, a couple of guys, Nissa, Vivian Reed, and Ugin. And he's he's got, even though he's time-wiping twice, he's got, like, a Deputy of Detention and a Prison Realm. And he deliberated real hard. He's like, well, what should I kill? And we talked about it afterwards, and he's just like, if I don't kill both, of like, the Ugin and the Vivian Reed, you're just going to nuke the enchantment with the one that I don't. Sure. Um... And so the result is I keep the Nyssa. And I only I had, like, no land because he had already time-wiped, like, five land. So, like, I was very reliant on the Nyssa for, for mana. Okay. Right? So, so uh, I was like, I think you had to deal with Nyssa because, because he didn't do that. I'm, like, attacking him for nine. Right? Right. And, the, and that's where my mana's coming from. So it ended up being a very, very close game with him having, like, every KPI is in his favor. Right? Right. But... Um, it's, it's hard to argue with having that many good Planeswalkers in play. Then round three, because you compulsoried me into Chris Otwelling 
the tournament, I was like, well, I'm 2-0. Maybe I can just... No, you're not allowed to draw into the promo pack. So I played against Feather, which I thought was like an unbelievably bad matchup, which it is. He just slaughtered me in game one. Uh, and then game two, I'm on the play, and I went like an utterly broken draw. I was just like third turn Nissa, fourth turn like three big things. And he basically had... <laughs> He basically had, like, a guy in play. And he's just like, yeah. Like, he had, like, a two two twos, and, like, one of them was a Dreadhorde Arcanist and no instants and sorceries in his graveyard, right? So, okay. Uh, and then game three was really exciting. Um, he had just had good pressure most of the game, but I just was able to cast a bunch of things. Um, and so I actually was able to ultimate Vivian Reed because he had just threw all of his resources at my other stuff. Like, it was, like, one of those games where I just, like, kept, like, playing an Ugin, like, making a guy with the Ugin. He, like, spends a ton of resources. Like, he cast two... He had two um, Adanto Vanguards that he paid eight for multiple times, but he had... Uh, he had Deafening Clarion, so he'd get the life right back. Oh, okay. So he's, like, sweeping my board, coming, killing my guys, killing my Planeswalkers, but I kept just playing Ugin and then, like, getting another thing. And so, meanwhile, he's, like, he's just... Dealing all of his all of his resources at Ugin's that I'm casting and the guys that Ugin's making and Vivian Reed just keeps ticking up, right? So then I'm just like ultimate Vivian Reed with nothing in play. He actually had a Tokali Honor Guard, so I'm like Arboreal Grazer, uh, Jade Light Ranger, Jade Light Ranger, no triggers, <laughs> right? Like, which is hilarious. And he's just like, what happens now? I'm like, well, I don't think your deck can beat a Vivian Reed, right? So he has Feather and he's attacking. I'm like, block with Arboreal Grazer. He's like, why? And I'm like, because it has reach. <laughs> so, like, so I just have these, like, Dorcas guys. Like, literally, like, 2-1 Jade Light Ranger with the emblem. 2-1 Jade Light Ranger with the emblem. 0-3, our boy guys are, with the emblem has two power, right? Right. So I'm just, like, sitting there, and he can't get through. And then, like, eventually I just, like, drew a, a, an Arch of Arazka. <laughs> there's no, you know, there's no way to win. Because his, his stuff is all creatures. My guys are all indestructible, reach, etc. So it's a kind of a hilarious way to win. That's pretty good. Um, so anyway, I went 3-0. Uh, and so now what happens when you go 3-0? So I, I had what I split a promo pack with someone who went 2-0 and 1. Okay. And uh, we opened the promo pack. It had four cards in it. As the 3-0, I got first pick. I got Agent of Bolas. <laughs> yeah. A hottie hot hot. He took a Knight of Autumn and Island, and I got Flame Sweep. You took Island over the Flame Sweep? No, I was just like, he's just like, do you want the Flame Sweep for the Island? I was just like, I don't know. I have Island. It's like, I, I mean, I'm like not an Autumn, right? So, I mean, he took Knight of Autumn, and I'm not an Autumn. I like, gotcha. I own 20 full art copies of the same uh, beautiful Island. Beautiful island that if I'm going to play a deck with a large number of basic islands, those 20 are going to be where they come from, right? I got you. I so, gotcha. you know, if, if you're, you know, if you're a Mythic Championship winning Autumn, you know, like his Knight of Autumn, you can mix it up, and that's probably a great island to add. It has a cool stamp, um, but I'm, I'm that, that's not how I am, right? Yeah, I got gotcha. you. So... How was your FNM experience, Brian? So I, I signed up for a draft. It was a little late starting. I thought I was supposed to be in the draft and you were supposed to be in construction. Yeah, then I didn't I didn't want to play 
the green deck. Isn't it great? It's it's really great, but I just like I, I, I definitely was like out of sync enough with standard to not want to play it. And you you kind of seemed like you wanted to play it, so and I, I'm always happy to draft. Sit down for the draft. Open up my first pack. It's not a big dilemma. It's a bunch of medium cards and a murder. Right, you take the murder. My person to my right passes me another medium pack with no notable cards except for a disfigure. So I take the disfigure. Then passes me another pack. Oops. And there's an agonizing siphon. What's that? Uh, four mana, sorcery, deal three damage to target anything. You gain three life. Nice. Yeah. So it's like a lightning helix. For six at sorcery speed. For four, but uh, so I'm, you know, I've gotten three good black cards in a row. I mean, one of them he had no control over. Then I get past like a pretty late frost links, like a sixth or seventh pick boreal elemental. What's a boreal elemental? Three four flyer that costs you two extra. Your opponent two extra if they want to target it with a spell. Yeah. For five, it's pretty good. It's an elemental. Um, so my deck is like I'm like. Eight picks in, I'm super solidly blue-black. Is uh, blue-black a good archetype? It's pretty good. It's grindy, but it's pretty good. Uh, pack comes around. There's, like, a crappy barony, druid, a barony vampire in there for me, but whatever. It's like a 3-2 body for three. It's fine, right? Like, you're going to kill things, and you just need stuff to trade on the board, that you, you know, or just stuff to do mop-up duty if you kill everything. So, so I'm done. My deck's pretty good. Uh, I could still go any other color. You know, the blue, I've got, like, three blue cards. But I could go, you know, anywhere I want with that. Uh, open up my pack, and I open up an air elemental. Nice. Yeah, exactly. So perfect. So I take the air elemental. My opponent passes me the 1-1 flyer with flash that draws cards. Oh, my gosh. You're just naming constructed cards. Yeah, yeah. So it passed me... Pass me out, I take that. I think that card is so wonderful. Oh my god, card's amazing. One of my favorite cards in Limited. It's just one of the best cards. Like, it's yeah. just, it's such like a, like, I hate to say it's like a well-designed card, because I think it's a little too good. It is a little too good. Like, it's, it's very, it's very, like, Whispers of the Muse, but, like, instead of just, like, getting your opt thing back, you actually have a threat It's like, what if Whispers flying? of the Muse also had Lava Axe? And, and... And cost one less. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. So, like, there is certainly eras in Magic where that would have just been the best creature. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So, I'm, so my deck at this point is is pretty solid. I get some more removal. I kind of really want a Soul Salvage. And this is, like, the most, the point in the draft where I'm, like, really regretting is I, I get um, another pack where I have the option between a Soul Salvage and an Agonizing Siphon. And my brain, my like sort of a brain, front brain, just says take the removal spell. I bet. I think but, that makes but sense. But my lizard brain is like, no, Green no, you're gonna take the soul salvage because, you know, you, you just have all I have, I have like, the vultures that put cards into my yard. There's like a scholar of the ages going around the table that I might be able to get back, and, and I'm like I'm like maybe it'll come back, and of course it doesn't. So I have to settle for this really good removal spell. <laughs> I get the scholar of the ages anyway. It always got back two removal spells instead of a removal spell and a soul salvage. And uh, and then my, my opponents were... So anyway, so I get done with the draft, right? Solidly blue back. have never veered off of this. 
I have about 27 cards to cut down to 23. I've got two blue black lands to make my mana a little smoother. Um, deck looks really good. Guy deck to my right who's been passing to me lays his deck out, and it's blue black. And he's like, God, this draft went terribly for me. <laughs> he's like, there were no good cards. I have nothing. And then the guy who's passing to him lays out his deck, and he's blue-black, but he doesn't have enough cards, and he's like splashing two colors to get to 23 cards. Like literally splashing two whole additional colors. So was this better or worse than the bots? Uh, unclear, unclear. But how was your performance? Uh, so I, I played uh, two rounds. Uh, played first round, one in two games pretty much like grinding my opponent out, setting them up for two-for-ones with murder or disfigure, um, just killing creatures when they would tap out with, you know, agonizing siphon and just like kind of attacking every turn with everything and just drawing a lot of cards. Oh, I also had the pull from memory card when we're, it's four mana and you look at the top seven. Oh, the new... And you put two and then you put five on the bottom. Yeah. That card's great. That's a constructed quality card. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I just ground my opponent out um, he was playing like four colory, like he was splashing for an Omnath and splashing for, like he was splashing green and blue for an Omnath in his red deck, which seemed a little rough. That's just what my constructed opponents did. Yeah, yeah. And they just have all like, he also had a, he also had a, he also had a Risen Reef. Yeah. Um, and then my next opponent was, uh, he was white blue. And I also just kind of, ground him out the same way. So you've revealed five players at your table out of eight potential yeah. players, I assume. All five that you've revealed so far are blue players? Yeah. And my deck wasn't... Like, my deck was great. I'll post a picture of it. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't call it, like, a, a ten, but it's, like, a seven and a half to an eight. It was really just, like, I'm just super happy with it. And it's the kind of deck I like to play. And so, yeah. I think that the Mono Green deck was the best deck in the last standard, which I, this is weird. Like, nobody played it. Yeah. Like, now I think, like, it's... It's not that I think it's it's quote bad end quote like I mean I you know I three o'd F and M or whatever with it right um, it's that's not exactly like winning a mythic championship but uh, like I think it the version I played is quite underpowered like right. there are new great green cards that I don't have you know right. that, so I, I also got a promo pack by the way oh yeah uh, my opponent that I drew with had first pick out of the pack. What did he take? He took the uh, the vampire. What is that? Sanctum. Says the three four. The three four. Yeah. The, the Hellraiser guy. Uh, yeah, Hell Hellrider. Yeah. Uh, he took that. I took Shared Summons, which is five mana instant. Look, search your library for two creature cards. Put them in your hand. And it has like a little stamp on it, right? Yeah, there's a little so stamp that, on that's, it. That's going straight into your Momer Vigi deck. It is. It is. And then I got a Thrashing Brontodon, which with the, like the the skin. Yeah. The 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 art altar. And he got a, a land. So that's how Swam. Swam, yeah. So, but it's pretty cool. It was fun. Um, a lot of new people there I hadn't seen before. You got like an itch now? Are you going to F&M every week? I'd like to F&M more often. I probably can't every week. Yeah. But. I, I F&M quite a bit. Yeah. Last season, I really liked the format. Not only did I F&M a lot, I standard showdowned on the Saturday, like, three or four times yeah which is that's quite a bit of you know so, so here's what i want to ask you about so i talked a little bit with zvi the other day yeah hold on truck this is like when i was a kid and we'd play street hockey or yeah. stick ball and you'd be like truck 
and then you wait for the truck to go by and then you go back out in the street and you start playing again which is what we're doing <laughs> so uh you, you you listen at all to the podcast i did with v i didn't get a chance yet okay it's because you're land sick uh, I mean, I was just real. I mean, I was busy like coming back from work, and it said I had a busy week. But you're you're caught up, and you kind of understand. So they're what's going on? They're doing like parallel paths, right? Where they have kind of a regional paper pro tour, right? And then they've got like the Mythic Championship is still continuing to be on Arena, right? Right. That's basically it. But they're creating a real path to play Paper Magic in, let's say, like a meritocracy kind of format. Sure. But it's regional now. Yeah. So now a big part of this is also that they've created PTQs. But so they're players tour. It's qualifiers. called the players tour qualifiers. PTQs have to be in stores that have space for at least 128 players. That's it eliminates our ability to play them here. Hold on. Oh. They also have introduced, and this is the thing that I'm curious of what your reaction is, WPNQs. And WPNQs are for stores in the Wizards Play Network. There's no minimum size for how many players you can hold for your WPNQs. But you also have the ability to hold preliminary rounds that people can qualify for your finals for. So basically, as a store, like Montesi, the store we were just in, they could decide for four weeks that they were gonna run a 32-player tournament. The top four players each week or the top eight players each week advance to the WPNQ and then at the end of four weeks on the next Sunday they run the WPNQ it's 32 players and those 32 players have earned the right to be in that tournament and then they play for a slot at the next regional players tour that's hot right you'd like that right yeah I mean uh, when we were saying at the top like I've won multiple PPTQs at that Montessi right yeah I mean I I, I think I have it on lockdown <laughs> I've got a chaos wand in play if that's the format. Yeah, I mean it seems it seems pretty straight. We've already seen a bunch of stores doing stuff. Um, there was something on Facebook today with a store that was doing basically a format where you play in the preliminaries and then you earn points. Like, and then if you get enough points, the the you know, the point totals at the end of like however many weeks, the top players qualify. Like the winner each week qualifies for the WPNQ, and then the top point getters over the course of the whole month then also qualify for the WPNQ. If I win a player's tour, right, like, you know, versus, like, winning a pro tour, will anyone know that I won the player's tour? So, uh, Magic Esports, first first of all, the most exciting thing that came out of all of these announcements is that Magic Esports was, like, super proactively tweeting throughout the whole release of this information. And whenever players ranging from, like, MPL All-Stars to you know, local grinders, whoever, were, like, asking these questions, they were coming in, and they were coming in hot with answers. It was really cool. And they were also coming in with, like, oh, wow, we didn't realize this was that important to people, so we'll change this, so we'll do this. I'm pretty sure it's Rachel Agnes, who's now the social media manager or something over there. And, like, it it was unreal how good it was. One of the things they confirmed on the Magic Esports account is that all of the regional players tours and all the players tours finals will be fully video covered. So, so yeah, someone will know. Nice. Kind of makes me want to win one. Yeah. So before I was like, ah, I could win 14 pro tours. No one would even know. Well, that's not true. <laughs> I would know. <laughs> Everyone would. You, 
you have a platform, Mike. You let people know when you you were just crowing about winning FNM 3-0. I know. I love <laughs> winning FNM. Winning a player store can't be much harder than that. Is it harder? It's a little harder. A little bit. Little I mean, bit. so I mean, so it's an interesting question. Do do you perceive that somehow the regional players tours will be softer than what you think of as a traditional pro tour? Yeah, of course. Like if you're if you're playing in a tournament and your potential opponents include all of Paulo Vitor Dama de Rosa, John Finkel, Kai Bude, and I don't know, Kenji Samura, okay? And now the new version of the Pro Tour can only include one of those players. It's uh it's like that's not the same thing, right? Sure. So what what is that what does that mean for you as both someone who's an aspirant to play at the highest level and as someone who is a fan of the big name players and high level play. Um, on the first one, I don't know, like my my desire to want to play on the Pro Tour or the equivalent is pretty closely correlated with how easy it is for me to get to the PTQ. Like so <laughs> if it's difficult, like I don't even try, you know? But if it's if it's like pretty easy, like I've played like seven PPTQs in a season before, you know, maybe not that many, like but like four or five I played in, and you know to qualify, just kept playing until I qualified. So if they have them and they're like just lying around, you know, I, and you're just saying like I could just go play somewhere and then just like put it on the shelf and come back in four weeks and win that one, that sounds pretty easy. I'd I'd be into that, um, but like. Also, I, I, it's an opportunity. By the way, it's a real huge opportunity for like WPN stores yeah. to really like drive their local communities, like with web content about like who qualified each week for the WPNQ. Oh, this is like real grudge matchy. It's very grudge matchy, right? Like, there's a lot of deck lists that you can put. Like, I think if you're a store owner, you should be taking advantage of this, like, of the opportunity to run prelims. It's the opportunity to kind of double dip on entry fees. Because you could probably make people pay for the prelims, and then much like the RPTQs, you could still oh. make them pay for the main tournament entry. That's terrible. But all right, if you say so. I mean, that's. I, I, look, I didn't think that was how it was going to work, but I saw at least one store that's how they're doing it already. That's so. It's like, it's kind of real poopy, isn't it? Like, I mean, can you, that be the name of our podcast this week? I hope that's kind of real poopy, I, I isn't it? Not. I hope not. Um, like you work so hard to like qualify for this event, and then you got to. Pony up again. I guess I played in an RPTQ last, last summer. And you had a pony up. We had a pony up. Yeah. Um, but, but I think it's. I think this is a huge opportunity for stores to like build their their local community and drive their sort of like their own content, their own opportunities to set up um, streaming studios to like broadcast some of these events. You know, like the Bearded Dragon does that. Yeah. in Jersey and they, they do a lot of like streaming of their events. I'm sure their WPNQs and their uh, I think they're pretty much big enough to be able to run the PTQs. I'm sure they'll be streaming those things. I don't and I think there's a like there's a real appetite right now. Like the reaction to this announcement has been tremendous. Yeah, but I think it's just like you have this community that's been I don't know if it's really been beaten down, but has felt pretty beaten down, you know? Like you know the things that, even if they're imaginary things, right? That they that they held to be important were, in some way, 
taken away from them or they felt like well, I don't know if it ever really happened right no but they felt that way right and you, you still see like high-level players tweeting like notepad essays about how uninspired they are right sure. yeah. well, I mean you saw that before the announcement I don't know if I'm seeing any since the announcement um, I don't know my timing mentally might be off <laughs> But, Atlantic. But I've seen, you know, I've seen not a small number of, I still love magic and always will, but, you know? Yeah. I mean, now the whole, the new thing is, uh, yeah, I'm qualified for the Mythic Championship, but I'm not going to go because I don't want to leave my stream. How does that make sense? Well, uh, I mean, it's something you and I have talked a lot about over the years, right? Like in terms of like how people make money playing magic not just by competing in events and like that there's all this ancillary opportunities to make magic to make magic a a, a, a financial opportunity and streaming has proven to be one of them and yeah, but none of these guys is ninja right like no, ninja but, doesn't go to a, doesn't go to an event because they'll lose a hundred thousand dollars sure but if you're trying to build up to be like caleb derwood or to be like kenji kenji igashira oh, yeah. who have these like really strong player bases or mtg nerd girl who's getting 7,000 viewers on her stream now. Like, you want to get to, to get to those kind of numbers, it requires consistency, and it requires that you do it all the time on a set schedule. And if that schedule gets disrupted, someone else is going to jump into your slot well, and so, try to steal eyeballs. But I mean, like, it's getting disrupted by the Pro Tour. Like, you, they could go watch you there. I, I was thinking, like, what but if they it, can't. They're not guaranteed to see you. What if there was an option? Like, what if you, there was a thing where you could, like... I'm, I know where you're going with this, and I love it. With Google Glass. Yeah, yeah. Like, you go, and I'm like... They, you can get Google Glass somewhere, right? It's hard to get. I don't know. But I, I think that's the thing. You get Google Glass, you stream from your glasses. I think that might be pretty cool. Like, there's no commentary. Or here's the thing. You Google Glass... <laughs> Excuse me. You last to somewhere, right? Yeah. Your phone. Yeah. That's piping through the expensive ass internet, right? So maybe Watsi can provide uh, a special uh, internet connection for people who want to do this. They can stream, and then there's some commentator, like let's say for sake of argument, you or I, we're just like we're just commentating. For like Roman Fusco makes his first yeah, yeah. Right? It's like we should do He's this. Google glassing. We're the commentary for Roman's event, right? Like, all Roman every round. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Yeah. And you got your own commentary crew. And that, that takes over your stream for while you're gone. Write it down. That would be, I that can't would, go to the Mythic Championship. That, this that is a be better awesome. idea. That would be awesome. So It's not that expensive. That's the other uh, thing. I mean, the issue is Wizards spends a lot of money on their internet connection. And they use a lot of it yeah. getting the, the stream you know into the funnel and out the out of the building so you know there's probably some drain on resources that yeah but i mean this is like a this is actually a decent idea i, I do think it's a decent idea. can you imagine like if you were able to catch cheaters this way also because like i, I don't know do you have to disclose that you have google glass on i would assume you do yes yeah. You remember when we talked about like building the better deck box? Yeah. There was like a deck box with a camera in it, and you could put it down in front of like near a known cheater playing I, in a I, match. You had a very specific idea of which cheater you wanted to get. We won't mention right this second. <laughs> and you put it down in front of them. I'm gonna get X player who. And then. Has oh, had a couple good years. Yeah. A lot of good years in a row, actually. So. But yeah, I mean, 
it's, it's all really interesting. I think I think we're gonna see. Wizards clearly demonstrated a willingness to go outside of the box on things. Yeah, uh, has been really responsive in the last few days, at least about things. So be, I would not be surprised to see stuff like this enter like a, a real discussion or like be be potentially something that people would be willing to do. So Magic, according to what I've heard recently, uh, is doing better than ever. Like sure. in terms of the revenues that are being brought into Watsi, do you think that as a result of that, they've just decided to pour more resources into the organized play section than they might have planned otherwise? Uh, I mean, I think that they've made a lot of moves with an eye towards spending more money on organized play. They clearly <laughs> spent a lot more money last year. I think they concluded that they needed to spend not just more money this year, but spend money better this year. So you can see that their MPL contracts for next year are all. And perhaps in light of some of the stuff you saw about people not wanting to go to event streaming, all of the money that people are awarded uh, through the MPL is appearance fee based. And there's no streaming contract tied to the MPL. Wizards will have streaming contracts that they offer to players separately who may or may not be in the MPL. Oh, that's great. So if there are people who are just like good at streaming but not good at magic. Right. Or, Or not dedicated to that competitive path of magic. I think it's unfair to say good at not good at magic right like well i mean say they're you're, not you're cultivating a different skill set when you're i'm saying they're good at streaming yeah yeah like but i mean like but i mean but to say, I'll to give say you an example. the way you said it is john finkel has a stream yeah i would say he's very good at magic i don't know how great he is at streaming sure kenji igashira is really really good at streaming he's also really good at magic but has not put his focus into that you know being uh, an elite tournament player because he knows that his bread and butter is his stream and his and, and curating that audience um well that sounds great yeah i didn't know about that either yeah so uh it sounds like magic's dead again yeah clearly yeah problems um i mean Mag- i mean also like according to the latest hasbro earnings call which was a little while back um they were urging Watsi to like double their staff. Like it was Hasbro's yeah. advice that like, in light of how much, you know, the, the dump trucks full of money that Arena is going to be backing up onto them, yeah. that they should be doubling their staff and doing all sorts of, uh, you know, aggressive moves. So, I guess it's going pretty well. We got a, a Netflix show coming up by the Russo brothers. Produced by the Russo brothers. Sure. I mean, they also produced Deadly Class. That didn't go too well. Yeah, I mean, like, you could just get a producer credit. Like, you know, that's just a... It's just like a hype move a lot of the time. What, what would the magic show, the TV show, need to do to make Michael J. Flores excited about it? I'm going to watch it. Yeah, but, like, you're going to watch it and you're going to judge it, right? Yeah. And, like, for your... Like, just like in, in a world, in a binary world of one or zero, like... To get a one from you, what does it need to do? I think it's going to be tough. Yeah? Yeah, like, the answer is just it has to be good. And it's probably not going to be good. And the reason it's not going to be good is because the Magic IP is pretty cheesy. It's like, I I love Magic. I love the game of Magic. But the concept of Planeswalkers, and that's like how you're going to center the narrative around them, makes no sense. How, How are Planeswalkers, I mean, not, how are Planeswalkers worse than... Wizards and Muggles in Harry Potter. It's way worse. Really? I mean, how dialed are you into the fiction? 
I'm not, I'm not talking about you know what a planeswalker card does. I'm okay. not that dialed okay. in. Planeswalkers are just. I've watched many of the set trailers. <laughs> okay. And followed the loose narrative okay. of who is alive and okay. who is dead. I read, and by read I mean I listened to the audiobook of War of the Spark by the creator of Young Justice, which is like my favorite show. Disney Gargoyles and Spectacular Spider-Man. Okay. It was pretty horrible, and he is a fucking genius of speculative fiction. Okay. Not a novelist though. He just has to spin a superhero story. This sure. is this is the same story as Avengers Endgame, right? right? It's like it's like the same story, okay? And it's not his fault, okay? The problem is this is the IP of magic. Planeswalkers don't have to be wizards. They're planes. So you would think that planeswalkers are wizards, right? Some planeswalkers are ninjas. Some planeswalkers are assassins, right? The thing that seems better to me. So, but they all have a unique ability. Their unique ability is the ability to teleport anywhere at will. <laughs> Across the universe. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. But it's uncontrollable to start, but then they learn how to do it later. And the Gatewatch, which is like, you know, like yeah. the, the Watsi Justice League, yeah. are just like five planeswalkers who have banded together to fight the Eldrazi or whatever. Like, one of them's good at fire. One of them has like some loose mental abilities, as far as I can tell. One of them's a necromancer. You're like, oh, these are all, these are all uh, wizards, right? There's some kind of wizard, and that would make sense, except for now they have an assassin, right? Like, they're like, they're, like the thing is, the characters have very specific powers. Like, I'm like Teo so, so from War of the Spark is just good at making shields. Chandra is just good at making fire, right? But you, you but don't now, think... But Gideon's a good fighter, but they can all teleport across the universe at will. Okay, but you don't think that the narrative of being excellent at something and being able to um, travel all over doing that is, is appealing within the magic narrative? No, so, planes, so the whether or not you're a planeswalker it doesn't have anything to do with how powerful you are. So here's the thing that I also, that was surprising to me. Okay, so there's different tiers. There's like regular people, wizards, planeswalkers, gods, right? So gods are typically more powerful than planeswalkers. And part of the story of War of the Spark is Nicol Bolas, comma planeswalker, trying to ascend to godhood, right? That's and he's stealing all these sparks of other planeswalkers in order to do that. Right. But there are other people like Niv Mizzet, Niv Mizzet Reborn, is just a dragon wizard. He's like a dra- he's smart, right? Right. He's like way more powerful way smarter it's a good wizard he could eat you because he's a fucking dragon than like almost any planeswalker but he doesn't happen to have the ability to travel anywhere like so there's like dorky people like teo are a planeswalker and like awesome people slash dragons like niv mizzet are not right okay. so it's 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 a different path than like whether you're excellent at something like teo at least at the start of the story is a pretty terrible shield mage right He's like constantly getting rebuked by his shield mage master about how he's a crappy shield mage. So it's not like a meritocracy that he rises to planeswalker. He's just under stress and he happens to disappear. Uh, and we're like, what happened to Teo? He went to Ravnica. Right. Spoilers. So over under yeah. a number of seasons of the magic show. And I'm going to give you a line of yeah. 1.5. Over. So you're going to say over. I think it'll get I mean, Shannara Chronicles on MTV got three seasons. It's a, it's, a, it's a different era, man. And Netflix is notorious. 
I mean, three seasons. Three seasons. So you're taking the over on two and a no, half. No, no. I'm saying Shannara Chronicles oh, got okay. three seasons. They did one on MTV. I think the last one was only on Netflix. Like, dude, somebody else's IP. You know. I, mean, I guess the magician. The magicians is in like season seven four. or something. Season four or five, I think. Is, is it pretty good? I like it yeah. a lot, actually. Uh, Darks. I can't even call her Dark Steel anymore. She took her husband's last name. Can you believe it? Taya said uh, she loved the book The Magicians. She, she loved the book The Magicians so much. Yeah. She can't love the TV show because it's not as good as the book. The TV show is its own thing, right? Like, I get it, but... Different people have different philosophies on that. Yeah. All right, so, because you, I still have not watched The Boys. Uh, you had, like, weeks since I've been here. Yeah, I have not watched I got back to work and, like, three women came up to me like, I watched The Boys while you were gone. Yeah. Women. Yeah. You're, I just haven't been in the mood for ultra-violence, man. It's kind of funny. Yeah, but it, that that actually is, like, that's more uncomfortable to me than the violence in, like... Like, the violence in Kick-Ass just bothers me. Really? Yeah, just so, like... You know that's one of my favorite I movies. I do know it's one of your favorite movies. And that's why, kind of why I mentioned yeah. it. Like, I find it to be really unsettling. The Boys is reminiscent of that, but not as good, I would yeah. say. I mean, Kick-Ass, and, I mean, in my opinion, I think, like... Obviously, Kick-Ass appeared before uh, the rise of the Marvel movies, right? So right. it's a superhero movie of a different era, even though it's only, like, disconnected by one year or yeah, something, yeah. right? So um, it's, uh, I think it's, like, a work of genius. But I also think Sausage Party is a work of transgressive genius. Okay. Have you ever seen Sausage Party? I have not. Um, my kids said, I can never unsee that. Like, it includes, like, there's a scene with, like, a... A hot dog, like, fucking a donut. <laughs> like, well, I think we've talked about They're all, like, before. people, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Like a ketchup bite. You are, you gonna, are you gonna go see whatever the other, the good boys? Yeah. Yeah. Is that out? It's out, I think. I'll see if Bella wants to see it tomorrow. <laughs> I'll probably see that. Right, it looks good to me. Yeah, it, look, it does look funny. The trailer was very funny. Yeah. Is it the same people who did Sausage Party? It's Seth Rogen. Yeah. So, I don't so, know. So, I guess, yeah. Yeah, I guess. Similar. So you you were uh, you were asking me before we went on the air about Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah. So I went to see Hobbs and Shaw. Maybe I'll see that instead. I went to see Hobbs and Shaw with Landy Ho. Yeah. And Svi. Yeah. And Land's like, oh, I'm bringing my friend Mike. Yeah. So he brings his friend Mike. Mike seems like a pretty cool guy. We talk for a little while. Anyway, I'm like, all right, Mike, bye. I'll probably never see you again. Yeah. Because, you know, he's not through. I didn't think anyway he was through, like, the magic community at Landy I thought Landy yeah. was professional. Anyway, I come into the store today, and you're playing Mike. Just or or loaned your deck to someone yeah, yeah. who's playing against Mike, and you're telling the guy how to play correctly yeah, against Mike. Oh, it's funny. So that's Ryan. Ryan's a movie club guy. Yeah. So uh, they they were the other undefeateds, and so they're like, "Hey, can I borrow?" So a- they both have a connection to land. Yeah, Ryan's a movie club guy. Oh, okay. So I'm actually playing my round while playing the Mike. He's like, ask me what to do once and I'm like, I actually have to think about this turn. <laughs> it's like a difficult turn against the feather deck. So I think, I, I think the feather deck I beat in the last round was like, has an overwhelming advantage against the green deck. I might be wrong. I never played the matchup before, but like, they have like all these high utility creatures like uh, Dreadhorde Arcanist, and I have like no removal. Sure. Like, I mean, they get like a Dreadhorde Arcanist and a feather, like, they're pretty much just going to kill all my stuff and kill me. I'm like, I don't even know how you beat that. I imagine it involves an Ugin. Um, 
Well, one game I got a blast zone and all of his guys cost two. That was sweet. And then I did shoot some feathers out of the sky with Vivian Reed. Yeah. So, uh... Why don't people play Vivian Reed? It's like one know. of the best cards, I think. It's, it's like really, really good. I don't know, people are just too excited about making a bunch of zombies or playing a bunch of other planeswalkers. I don't know, man. Yeah, I mean, like... I guess, like, Nyssa took Vivian Reed's position as, like, the best GG3... This is really good. ...planeswalker in standard, but, like, it doesn't mean you can't play multiple. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I think, like, Vivian Reed is, like, such an overperform. I You just have this expectation that Nyssa's going to be good, right? Yeah. Like, Nyssa's going to, like... If you let it go, it's going to take over the game in a couple of turns. But, like, Vivian Reed, man... I mean, Vivian, no one beats that that emblem. Vivian Reed really shined when people were playing Niv Mizzet, right? Okay, yeah, because it's a non yeah. non Niv Mizzet triggering. Yeah, and it just kills it. Yeah. So. But those decks also had a ton of like 187 triggers, so like it's not like you're just getting one extra card with yeah. Vivian Reed. You're getting like one plus whatever they're getting. So. Uh, so next week we'll we'll go back to sort of a more normal podcast schedule you're around for the rest yeah, of the Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I think next week we should uh, we should start looking at maybe like a standard post-mortem as yeah. we head towards uh, Throne of Eldraine. What about, actual rotation. What about a sideboard guide? We, <laughs> what do you think we made a sideboard guide podcast PDF? What do you think about that? I think that'd be great. Yeah? Yeah. You get on that. <laughs> yeah. I knew you didn't think it was going to be great. You said it was going to be... You're a liar. Uh, yeah. Sideboard guide. Yeah. So, all right. So I'm gonna let you go and get your much-needed post-vacation sleep. Yeah, I'm pretty tired actually. And uh, pack your packs on your way home. Thank you for coming to. That was fun. I had a good time. We should do that again next time. We'll actually switch. You'll give me a standard deck, and then I'll make you listen to limited resources, and then you'll draft. I brought two standard decks. You could have played. We could have both played standard. But your other deck was like red without any twenty. Any, out any corset cards. I had Chandra Spitfire. Oh, okay. And no fries. No, that's the one you really need. <laughs> fries so good it kills like Teferi's and Lyra Dawnbringers. Yeah, fry, fry seems like a good one. Yeah. So, alright. All right. So, for Brian David Marshall, Michael J. Flores, this has been Top 8 Magic. Bad F and M, and we were both the champion. We were. Bye. Bye.